This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to the final episode of the week. Well, nearly. Uh, yes, 29th of September, Friday today. And coming up, I'm going to talk about editing video. And oh, do you know what? Let's talk about meta. Okay, then. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Oh, I am emotionally and physically spent. What an emotional roller coaster the meta event was. Wow. Yeah. Hang on. We're two days late. You know that? Yes. Yeah. I because, know. Because we didn't talk about it yesterday. And you know, if I'm honest, I can't. We're talking about it today. Well, yeah, well, I thought let's not talk about it on the show yesterday because I'm on TV talking about it yesterday. So are you. But, you know, coming off the back of the show, (laughs) I've got so much more I want to say. They didn't give us enough time. So I kind of wanted more time to talk about this. Yes, but this this is our introduction to the meta event to the listeners here. Yes, I know, but people listen to all of our things. People are just. They're oh, do, oh, sorry, I wasn't aware. Everything oh. we say, literally, oh, we're multi-dimensional. Every, oh, well, just uh, uh, rather uh, convenient, yeah. Because uh, so is uh, old Elon. Elon, uh, what's his name? Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> when they supposed to have a fight at some point? Yes, they were the cage fight. Yes, yeah, um, yeah that didn't happen. I mean, surprise, ah. surprise, that didn't happen. I, I, just, I almost feel it's a bit like the movie Anchorman. Not the faces. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the best bit. (laughs) (laughs) All the TV channels get together, start fighting with each other. Dot the faces. Um, So, yeah, let's let's talk a bit more about Meta, because, of course, it was a big event on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Feels like ages ago. Uh, Yeah, Wednesday night. Uh, Yeah. And um, three big announcements, really, that came out. Uh, Of course, the Quest 3, which everyone seemed rather excited about. A new virtual reality. Well, I say virtual reality. They call it one a mixed reality headset. Yeah, everyone calls it that now. Uh, it, mm. Yeah, okay, mixed reality because you can see the physical real world actually while you're wearing the headset. It's mixed, which you couldn't do before. Uh, at least not on the Quest, not on the original Quest. I don't know about the second one. Um, so I, I, must yeah, admit, I, I haven't followed could. it that closely because I tend to th- and that's a bit selfish I know but I just tend to think I, I'm never going to buy this well let me stop you there Stephen Scott don't you own a Quest? I bought one when it first came out the very first one because I had this dream this this dream in my head that I'd be able yes. to play games I'd yeah, be able to that work see out? that it didn't work at all no. waste of money <laughs> anyone want a Quest? you can have it you can just have it. A giveaway. <laughs> yeah, it's a giveaway on uh, Double Tap today. Giving away Stephen's junk. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah. I just, pff, no. I, I mean, I couldn't get to grips with it. We couldn't really see what we were doing. My wife and I both tried it. Neither of us got a huge amount out of it at all. And well, let, 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 Let's yeah, be fair. So there is a market for the bit, Quest, you know. right? The, the Quest course, actually no, is... I'm, look, I'm not, I don't want to... I'm decrying I, I, it from my perspective, all right? I yeah, know no, I'm I never going to buy it, but I, I know other people that. will. I understand yeah, that. Yeah, but no, it was also a little poo-pooed, right, from this event. And, and <gasps> look, there is... The, the Quest is actually pretty cool that it's a standalone thing. There's so many... Well, not so many. There's a few other VR headsets out there which are really cool, right? They, they've really got the lenses down and the visuals down, um, but they're still mostly 
wired in. And it's not... Having just standalone headset is a big point. And um, the Quest is actually really good at that sort of thing. So there mm. is a market out there, but I'm still not convinced. I, st- I still say that VR at this present time is gaming. That's it. Uh, yeah. they, they made a point about sitting around, you know, playing is like almost like a, a board game, a virtual board game of all the fancy bells and visual whistles you could want. But I honestly don't think anyone's going to want to wear a headset a VR headset, you know, and it's after a dinner party or whatever. It's just not going to happen until we can just put on a pair of sunglasses, basically, and have that same experience. Yeah, and, and it's funny because Mark Aflalo on TV with us yesterday on Access Tech Live, he was talking about this as well. And him and I have had this conversation. And I've asked him because he's obviously got full sight, right? So I'm saying, is this something you want? And he's saying, look, I understand it from the gaming perspective, from a productivity environment, am I really going to wear something that wears nine pounds on my head just so I can have three monitors in front of me that I already have? You know, it just seems yeah. pointless, right? And I get the idea behind it, but is the problem that they're just not that imaginative about what they could do with it, or is the hardware only capable to do so much? And therefore, you're in this kind of limbo at the moment of how far can you go with this to make it a worthwhile experience that is going to engage more people? Because we're really talking about a change of lifestyle for a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of people do sit in front of their games consoles all day. And yeah, maybe wearing a headset would be better because it's more immersive. But it's still not the go-to for many gamers, is it? I don't think so. I mean, I think most gamers still have the big gaming PCs. They're still playing their games, maybe even on a gaming laptop. Never understood that. But yeah, okay, play games on a laptop. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. There was a bit of a... Um an explosion, like there was with 3D TVs. When the Oculus Rift came out, everyone was really excited about the possibilities and the promise of where this could go. And there's still a bit of that, but I think it has died down. The interest has died down a lot because the promise just hasn't quite realised. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of YouTube. I remember when YouTube started. Wow. And the idea made total sense. You know, you could stream these videos... But the internet speeds that we had at that time, it was impossible. Yes. <laughs> you know, you could basically download images, let alone video. But the the idea of what this could be was absolutely there. And I think it's the same with VR. The, the ideas, yeah, it sounds great, all that stuff, if you can see it. It sounds great being able to, you know, have this almost this like living in a world of holograms, right? But until that that technology of actually being able to see those holograms is is down to something easy and accessible it's just not going to happen and i'm talking mainstream here let's not forget i'm talking mainstream when it comes down to us having access to it i have no idea yeah and that's why i think we 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 pay lip service to mentioning it because it is an important event and you know for a lot of people it will be big news so i want to mention it but i think we move on from it because the other announcement that uh, they brought out was ai uh, now, we, of course, have heard AI in every form. I, I think it was interesting what they did because, you know, like all of these, again, it's it feels like in some ways a solution trying to find a problem. Um, yes. You know, AI is great and it has lots of great potential, but really at the moment we are really looking at a question and answer based system, uh, which is getting a little bit more conversational. What Meta have done here, though, is they've kind of taken that to the next level in that they are creating AIs 
that can live inside the apps we use. Because I think that the argument that Mark Zuckerberg made on stage is that lots of people have not tried out this hardware yet, or this software yet. They've never tried this kind of technology. So we need to maybe put it in front of people. And I think that's a good idea because it will get people used to using it. It will give people a chance to learn how to use it and try it. And of course, one of the apps they're talking about is WhatsApp, which is cool because that's accessible to us. Messenger is as well, to some degree. Instagram, not entirely sure how that would work, but I guess be more picture-based. It seems to be all about making pictures. I mean, they, they were doing this thing about turning a dog into spaghetti. I didn't really know what was going on uh, on screen, but something about... No audio about, description. No, there was no audio description on the event, no. <laughs> so we kind of had to try and work this out. But they were taking pictures, and I, I think the theme of the day seems to be changing that image to do something else. So for example, if I was wearing a red top, I could now wear a blue top, you know, that kind of thing. Um, oh, I mean, it doesn't crawling. sound... I know, it doesn't sound... I must admit, there's something about being blind that kind of makes you question the reasons why people do these things in a way that perhaps other people just go, oh, yeah, it's just because it's fun. Yeah, but why? <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> fun is enough reason, I suppose. Yeah, they were talking about being able to create your own stickers and generate images and... So boring. Um, ...automatically generate images as well. I, I get it, I, I suppose, but... It, no, I do. I do. You know, if you can see that stuff, of course, why not? You want to personalize it and, you know, get, get some of your own personality in these stickers instead of just buying yeah. packs. But it does seem just like a little bit, seems a little bit fluffy, a little bit frivolous to kick off with that. Um, it, We're old. It got That's more... why. Why? We're old. We don't care We're about old. this stuff. No, I mean, look, we, I, don't, I, we don't, right? I, we we, we I will don't go use any of this stuff. I mean, I, I use the same emoji on every single message I send. Thumbs up or thumbs I, down? I use thumbs up. If I, okay, I use two, actually. I use uh, man with, uh, or uh, well, I guess face with smiling, face smiling with sunglasses and oh, yeah. thumbs up. And that's it. That's all I use because I that's didn't. All you need. Well, I didn't send any other ones because I might get myself into trouble thinking it's something yes. else. So Yes, we don't know. I don't know what the code is when it comes to emoji. <laughs> I don't know the etiquette. So I tend to stay away from them. Yes. I still do the colon... Uh, Close brackets bracket. at the end of yes. <laughs> yes, I do that all the time. I, I, I had someone say the other day, you're not supposed to do that anymore. I'm like, okay, well, I, I do. Why not? It I still says know. smiley face on the screen reader, exactly. so I'm happy. What I'm getting at, though, with the whole kind of generating, generating AI inside the apps like WhatsApp and all that, I think what he's trying to do here is he's trying to humanize it a little bit, or at least make it more understandable by people who are not into this in a big way, like we are, right? I mean, we love all this tech and we love talking about it. A lot of people do, a lot of the nerds love all this, but most average people just don't care about any of this stuff. They just want to use the, the toys. They just want to try the thing. Like you say, the sticker, you know, make the sticker, and you know, whatever it is. Also, they, you know, if they want to get information, getting it from a chatbot can be challenging if you can't really think what the question is. I have this problem all the time. So like, what, would, what would I ask the thing? Mm -hmm. But if you had, say, uh, what was it, a sous chef available to you, or you had a, they named all these different people. I think someone yes. was a golfer, Snoop, someone was fitness. Snoop Dogg, the Snoop dungeon Dogg master. was there if you want to get access to, you know, some fun times. Uh, you can ask Snoop Dogg where to go. Um, you know, all that stuff. I, I can get where that actually does make it more understandable for people and also makes it more usable by people because they'll be able to get the information from, you know, like if, if like how many people sit down at night, make a meal, they think I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I'd like to make some dinner. 
you know, yes, getting average answers is good, but actually getting it from a chef, you know, who obviously that is the well, brain that they're raiding to get the AI chef. Yeah, no, no, AI look, chef. I, yeah. I just feel Based so bit on of his gamble. readings and knowledge. Yeah. I get what you're saying, right? It's a it's an introduction, right? The first steps into hey, this is a a new way of getting information. I totally get that, but as he kept saying himself, look, there are limitations on this. They are yeah. very limited at the minute, and you will notice these straight away. It's a bit of a gamble because there's a case of people using it and say, oh, I tried it. It was terrible. Why, you know, why would you bother? I just think, what's the rush? There seems to be this great arms race into AI at the moment. And I, no, I say, what's the rush? Of course, I understand if everyone wants to get their claim their stake in the market. But I don't know. It seems like it could be just a bit of a gamble at the minute. It, it makes it all a little bit like not, not, not serious. And maybe that's what makes it accessible to the mainstream. But mm, I'm not convinced. Well, of course, someone's got to pay for all this. And, you know, it's not going to be sales of Quest 3s that cover it. So, you know, I think we have to be aware that all of this has to come at a price at some point. So, yeah, right now it's all cool and fun. But, you know, this is the sweets that you start taking as a kid that suddenly get you hooked on candy for the rest of your life. You know, you've got to pay up, you know? So <laughs> you pay. Got this is for, for free, this. but later on you yeah, pay you know, in your data. And yes. yeah, <laughs> you've got, you got to think about that. I mean, look, Amazon yesterday, we were talking about them with the whole, you know, possibly getting to a point where they start, you know, paying or charging for uh, Lady A. I, I can totally see that. And, and actually, you know, they have to pay for the bills at some point. This can't last forever for free. So... You know, I think we have to be aware of that as well. But anyway, the big announcement, which for me anyway, and I think for you as well, Sean, was yes. um, the new Ray-Ban glasses. Now, I haven't paid a lot of attention to these, but you know that Colin Hughes is a regular on our show, and he raves about these Ray-Bans. He loves them. He does. And I always, always kind of thought, why? What's the big deal about them? But of course, you know, someone who can just... You know, who wants to be able to just talk to the glasses and get a response, make a call, do whatever it is, take a picture, record a video. These are great. Well, the new ones are out. They've got better cameras in them. I noticed that they didn't go into a lot of detail about no. the specifications in the ca- on the camera or indeed the speakers or anything. Just, everything was just better. Whatever you had before, this is better. So <laughs> yes. we'll go with that. Uh, Marcel Kerberg was on stage during all of this. He was delivering the whole keynote. Let's let's listen into a bit of. Uh, the bit uh, in particular, he talks about Ray-Ban glasses and uh, some of the, the new features. Everything about this is upgraded from the first version. The cameras are a lot better, so the images and videos that you capture are a lot clearer. Um, the audio is a lot better, so when you're listening to music or podcasts or taking calls, um, that's a lot better. Um, they're lighter, they're more comfortable, and there are a lot more styles too. But the most interesting thing about this isn't any of those specs. It's that these are the first smart glasses that are built and shipping with Meta AI in them. So starting in the US, you're going to get this state-of-the-art AI that you can interact with hands-free wherever you go. So, you know, let's say you're grilling with your family and you want to know how long you need to be cooking that chicken for, you know, or you're playing pickleball and hits the line and you want to know if that's a fault, 
she disagrees, but you know the truth. <laughs> or let's say you just want to settle a debate, you know, some trivia as you're going out through the world. Just ask your, meta, your Ray-Ban Meta glasses and they'll respond and, and, and get you the answer. And, you know, the thing is, is that this is just the beginning, right? Because this is just audio. It's basically text. Next year, starting next year, um, we're going to be issuing a free software update to the glasses that makes them multimodal. So the glasses are going to be able to understand what you're looking at when you ask them questions. So if you want to know what the building is that you're standing in front of, um, or if you want to translate a sign that's in front of you to know what it's saying, um, or if you need help fixing this sad, leaky faucet. Um, you can basically just you talk to Meta AI and look at it, and it'll walk you through it step-by-step step how to do it. So a lot to unpack from that. Um, I mean, look, first off, these are Ray-Ban glasses, and I've had Ray-Ban. I know that it's a very well-known name. It's uh, a very solid pair of glasses, so the build quality, I have no fear over here. Um, mm -hmm. You've got audio. You've got microphones. You've got a camera. I feel like I'm doing the iPhone speech of old, you know. It's a camera. It's got audio. It's Internet got... communicator. <laughs> it's a phone. Uh, yeah, I mean, all that. <laughs> that was a great piece of video. Um, but, yeah, everything's in here. This is the full package. Um, and then he went on to explain something coming as like a one more thing. He added this on. Before even any of these AI advances came up, we, we'd started planning this product. And before all of that, um, we, we built in one more feature into these smart glasses that uh, we thought would be pretty awesome. And that is that for the first time, you are going to be able to live stream to your friends and followers from your glasses. So we've got a camera, we've got audio, we've got microphones, we've got AI built in, ready to go, and live streaming capabilities. Now, before we all get too excited, because I know we might, <laughs> but before we all get too excited, I mean, this feels, and as far as I'm aware at the moment, lives within its own little bubble. So it kind of lives within the Facebook, the Instagram, I guess, WhatsApp as well, bubble. Uh, now, that's okay. That's fine. We are obviously thinking, I am thinking, Sean is thinking, you might be thinking as well, Ira, be my eyes, yeah, Envision, Orcam, you know, all these apps, all these features, all these products could live on a platform like that, or at least have access to that live camera. Um. Now, we have spoken to Celeste, and they have managed to come up with technology that allows them to be able to transmit live video directly back to the phone, meaning that, in, again, in future, not right away, but at some point, they could be able to access that camera, I'd be my eyes and others, and actually, actually use it to allow communication. Um, and that, of course, would be really interesting. But this is $299 US. And it's going to have all these features. Now, admittedly, Meta AI, US only. So at least at the beginning. But they did say at the beginning, so that's good. That means it will probably roll out over time. Um, this is actually sounded like a really positive product. It is the kind of thing that I think in a year's time will be maybe even more attractive if the companies like Be My Eyes, Ira, and others can get access to the API that lets them access the glasses. 
essentially the to- the tools they need to be able to connect their app to the glasses. If that's possible, this could be a really interesting product and it will create some really interesting competition in the specialist space. Absolutely. And at the price point that is more acceptable than anything else. I mean, this is if you just purely took them as Bluetooth audio sunglasses. I mean, you compare them to the Sancor frames at mm-hmm. that sort of price and the, yep. the Bose tempos and whatever else. Um, but when you add in these extra, you know, the camera functionality and the AI functionality, I mean, it seems like a bit of a bargain to be to be fair. But you're absolutely right. There's so many questions around this and it does all depend on the ecosystem. Is this just purely a walled off garden for Meta or are other other players going to be invited? We just don't know at the minute. And how does this work? I've, I've got a, a feeling going off the price point that it is very much like the Celeste, that it will all be powered off your smartphone. And it's purely the yeah. the camera, the video feed that the uh, the glasses are supplying. And that's it. Not, not processing on board, which actually could make it more um, accessible to third-party developers if Meta allows it. So, yeah, kind of interesting, right? And it's not a platform on top of another platform, right? It's just using the same apps... And it's just connecting directly to that camera. Now, I wonder, um, because I know with the new iPad Pros, and maybe even the iPad, I know any, I think only, I I actually don't know this for sure. I know that the Pros for sure, you can connect an external webcam to. Yes. Don't know if you can do that with the other ones with the USB-C. It might be because it's Thunderbolt inside the iPads. I, I don't know. I haven't paid a lot of attention to iPads, so, you know. Uh, webcams usually run off USB 2 speeds anyway, so yeah, it exactly. should be fine. Not, yeah, as that's long true. As it's actually, yeah. So the potential to hook up a camera to the new iPhones wouldn't be that surprising because, I mean, we already know people are testing it, I mean, they're recording 4K ProRes video, you know, with a hard drive attached to their iPhone 15 yeah, Pros. That's right, yeah. Um, and you can connect all kinds of things. I mean, I was sitting thinking the other day, you know, if you had more control over your audio inside an iPhone, you could hook up a mixing console to that. You could hook, I could hook up my Roadcaster Pro directly into my iPhone. I mean, that would be so cool. I mean, think about on yes. the move, mobile broadcasting, just doing it all right from there. That would be incredible. Yeah. Um, that, that day is definitely going to come. I mean, no doubt at all. Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of thinking, well, if that's the case, then the potential to connect live video now should be, you know, it's clearly the walls are coming down, you know, between what used to be the barriers that would stop that from happening, which were about privacy. But I think we're also about capability because the hardware just maybe wasn't at that stage at that point. Whereas I think it's improved. I think it's improved a lot. And and I don't know what the video was like when they were doing the live stream. They they showed a video of a, a guy driving a car and he was live streaming through his glasses. So it's all from his point of view, driving the car. So, yeah. you know, that was pretty cool. And, you know, I just, yeah, I can just see all the potential for this. I just hope, I really hope it's not a missed opportunity for us because, and it will only be that if Meta says, no, no, we can't do that. But interestingly, with Meta Quest, you've got open door, right? It's, it's all about getting developers in and creating for that. So does the same rules apply for Ray-Ban glasses, I'd be intrigued to know. Yeah, I, I, 
it's so frustrating for for us, right? Because all of these sort of glasses, and you think it, everyone's so keen to to wall it off from anyone else. This is just for us. This is our ecosystem. This is Meta. This is Apple. This is whatever it's going to be. And it's just think, oh, man, but this could make such a difference. Why could? Yeah, there should be a legislation that if it's an accessibility app, then you got to open the door and let us in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just frustrating because, as you say, as soon as they talked about live streaming and even the um, meta AI on board, you know, because I'm thinking, oh, I'm looking at a menu like I was doing with Be My AI. I'm looking at a menu. I just get, you know, what's on this menu? And it does it straight away and reads it out to me. But we're all, of course, thinking about ira and be my eyes for the um live video feed aspect and it, it would be huge yeah i mean i just i have to be honest sean you know I, I, if i lived my life just by watching if I, if I lived my life thinking that everything i saw on facebook watch was reality i'd probably never leave the house again and i'd probably live <laughs> inside true. i'd probably concrete up the entire house windows doors the lot and just never leave again maybe just leave enough of a gap for the, you know, the, the food delivery people to just sort of pop some milk through every so often. Slide a pizza through. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, there is a reality that walking around with your phone in a busy town these days is a bad idea. You know, even you've got to admit that today, right? I mean, it's just... I don't know. I know you think, seem to think that the, the world is a... The world's a happy, shiny happy, place. Beautiful. Stop watching Disney. Honestly, it's, it's- not. <laughs> Um, it's, but you've got to be careful, right? And especially we as blind people. Now, I'm, I have to say, as I say this, I've had many experiences which are very positive out and about. And, you know, I say that, what I mean by that is no one's mugged me yet. Um, but, you know, I've generally <laughs> generally met really nice people and, you know, life has been fine. Of course, until the moment it happens, it is like that, right? So, you know, I think you've got to take precautions. Now, that's not to say someone couldn't just whip the glasses off my face, but then I'm exactly. less bothered about that, if I'm perfectly honest, than <gasps> the phone itself being ripped out of my pocket and taken away because everything's on my phone. Um, and I know I can get buy a new one and it's in the cloud and I get all that, but that's not the point. We don't want to diminish the the impact that has on people. And, you know, a pair of sunglasses is one thing. But, you know, I, I just think that there's great potential with this. I love the idea with, you know, any kind of connection with Ira. So if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, Ira people, Be My Eyes people, every people, anybody who uses <laughs> apps that are for blind people, get into this. And, you know, from our perspective, you know, let's try and, you know, how we do it, I don't know, but let's see if we can get Mark Zuckerberg to hear this somehow. Not necessarily this, but, you know, hear this conversation, hear this discussion. Because yeah. um, here are our wants, our requests, our we did, needs. Mark. We did last year at the Meta Connect hear from a couple of organisations talking about accessibility. No mention of it this time. Now they do a State of the Nation uh, event which follows the Meta Connect. I didn't get a chance to catch that, but it is online. Uh, maybe in there we'll we'll get some information. But uh, only company so far in this. I'm talking the past couple of weeks to not mention accessibility on the main stage. So. Mm. Just saying. I, t- I got to say, the takeaway line for me, though, was when he was talking about the Ray-Ban Meta glasses. And he was talking about how, you know, this is really where we want to be, where digital overlays onto the real world. And it's in this form factor. But he said, you know, we're still waiting for that display technology and the, um, I think he said holographic or hologram technology to, to evolve. But he said, you know, what? I think... For me right now, AI is the core. 
Uh, I think he's absolutely right. I mean, these sunglasses don't have any display in them. You're not going to see a, an overlay of a 55-inch monitor over anything, you know? Mm. But there, that doesn't take away the, the usefulness of just having AI implemented. If you can talk to it and get answers and have that conversational um, level to it, I think people would really get into it. I'm buying a pair of these. I'm putting out there, I'll happily buy a pair of these because even just just for the audio glasses or, or the, the audio sunglasses, I'm, yeah. I'm all in for that. Um, that would definitely be an interesting purchase. Everything else will be a bonus, but I'm going to buy it for a couple of reasons. One, because I want to see what its capabilities are. Uh, because I think that there's... <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if I just opened up Ira and it connected it to the camera already and it was like just already able to do it and just no one ever thought of connecting the dots? That could happen, right? So well, the first time we found things like this, it's like, oh, it oh, just works. Let me just it's not going to happen. That's I know. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Of course it's not going to happen. <laughs> we'll do it live, a live unboxing when you get them and open up Ira. You see, I oh, tried, no, it doesn't work. I tried to, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be, uh, actually we should do that. That's exactly, we should do a, we should do an Ira call and be like, can you see, can you see what I'm looking at? Can you see what it is? No. No. Okay. Uh, listen, stick around. Up next, I am going to show you how to edit some video clips. Ooh, when you, when you do make your videos on your uh, glasses, <laughs> this is how you can edit them. We'll get into that next. It's Double Tap. Call the Double Tappers now. 1-877-803-4567. Or email us. Feedback at DoubleTapOnAir.com. Now, look, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, even as a blind person, you have to consider video these days. There's just no way around it. It is the number one way to engage with people. Now, I resisted it for many, many years, especially from my perspective as a blind person and from, if I'm honest, from my thoughts of other blind people. Do you really want video? Is that something you would even be interested in? But the reality is the world's changed and more people are engaging. And of course, if you want to grow an audience online, you really have to consider video. It is, frankly, one of the only ways to do it. And of course, be regular with it, be consistent and find a great source of content. But then comes the challenge. How do you create video and what tools are available that will help you accessibly create that video? Now, what I'm going to show you today is not necessarily groundbreaking in the sense that I'm not going to show you how to make Toy Story 5 or 6 or 7 using Final Cut Pro. That is not going to happen with me. Maybe there are other blind people doing that, but it ain't me. What I want to show you today is something that might be useful to you if you're creating your own video podcast. And that is to create clips, to grab a clip from an interview. This is especially useful if you want to share your podcast online because, of course, you can't publish an entire hour of content necessarily on a social media platform. But what you can do is you can share clips. But how do you get those clips? How do you grab them and then share them online? Well, the sharing online part, I'll leave to you. I'm going to show you how to create the clip. So what are the options that we have? Now, I have a Mac. I have a PC. On the PC, I've heard good things about ClipChamp. Now, this is the inbuilt video editor that comes with every Windows machine. So you will have it on your machine, unless you've uninstalled it already. Apparently, it's very accessible. I have yet to find out any more than that. I know Sean has been playing with it. Maybe he'll give us a bit of a demo of that in the future. But for me today, I'm going to show you something on the Mac that you might not expect to be the answer. Now, of course, you'll think I'm going to say iMovie. 
brilliant tool. Yeah, it's free. It's, again, the built-in video editor on the Mac. Comes with every device. It's even on the iPhone. There's also Final Cut Pro. That is the more expensive option because, frankly, there's a price to it. You've got to buy the app. And if I'm honest, it's overkill. It's way more than I need. There's also Reaper. Reaper is a video editor as well. You can add video to Reaper on a track and you can edit that way. In the same way with Reaper, you can edit audio, which, of course, again, is fully accessible on the Mac. But none of those tools are the ones I'm going to show you today. I'm going to show you something else, which is baked in, built in, free, on the Mac, comes with every device, and it's always been sitting there, and that is QuickTime Player. Now you're thinking, hang on, isn't QuickTime Player just a player? Well, it is, but it does have editing capabilities in it. Now you could use this for audio, you could also use this for video, you could also use it for both, and I'll explain why. So, let me go to my desktop. Finder, Lego CNIB Window, List View, Andrea Voss from CNIB MP4 MPEG, This is an interview I did on Zoom with Andrea Voss. Now, Andrea is from CNIB. You might remember me talking to her recently here on Double Tap. And uh, this is the full video. This is you getting a little bit of a chance to see behind the scenes here. So this is the full interview that I did with Andrea. Now, for Andrea's blushes and for mine, for all the mistakes I made, I'm not going to play you the whole thing. Uh, But what we are going to do is select a clip from this, and I'm going to show you how we can edit this clip. So I'm going to open it using QuickTime. So I'll do a VO shift M for uh, the right click context menu menu. And I'll choose open with open, open with, and I'll right arrow open with QuickTime player default. And it's the default. So we'll just open straight into QuickTime player list view quick Andrea Voss from CNIB MP4 window play slash pause. So I'm on the play slash pause button. Now there are a couple of keyboard shortcuts to get used to in QuickTime player that are really useful. So L will start playing. And if you keep pressing L, it will increment the speed of the playback. And J will slow down, will decrement the playback speed, and K will stop the audio. So let's try that. So L, and then I'm going to do a quick share screen. That's the interview started. I'll hit L again, higher quality, and then I will hit it again. And you see it's going really fast. And I can hear Andrea talking in amongst that. And that's how I can scrub around the audio really quickly. So if it's just hit K there to stop the audio. Now, I'm not using a screen. I don't, there's no point for me having a screen. So, you know, I don't bother with that. So that's important to note. I'm doing all of this audibly. And uh, for those of you who are totally blind, you'll appreciate this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up the editor that's built into QuickTime Player. Yeah, it's got its own editor. Uh, so Command T. Trim. Andrea Voss from CNIB MP4. Window. Document Actions. Play slash pause. And this puts us into a trim window. Now, basically, I think on screen what you have is you have the original video, but below that you have this new area that's just opened up, which is has a trim area. And the video I watched that taught me about this didn't teach me the keyboard commands. I had to go and figure this out by myself. But the, um, the structure of it is essentially you have a mini version of the video along the bottom of the screen with grab handles at either side. And you have a trim button on the right side and you have a play button on the left side. And that allows you to play the audio if you're using the mouse. And you can then just grab that little uh, handle either side to create the clip you want. But the challenge for me was how do I do this with a keyboard? So this is how you do it. So I'm going to find a clip and let's just um, let's just go from her name, actually, rather than smart through. life. 
And can you, okay, okay, so and let's go back a little bit. So I'm using J to go back. Selected. I've hit K. So I'm going to use J. And that's when we found the beginning of where she says, hi, my name is. Selected. Sure. My name is Anne. So I'm going to go before, sh- or just after sure. Anne's name is my name. Sure. Selected. Sure. I'll stop there. So I've just been using J and L to move around to go back and forward and K to stop at where I want. And uh, once I've chosen it, I'm going to hit I for the in point. You don't get any feedback on that, but I'm going to trust it's done it and we'll keep going. So I'm going to hit L again. My name is Andrea Voss and I'm a um, business development manager with CNIB Smart Life. Okay, so there we go. I'll stop there and that will be my out point. And I'll hit O. And that's it. I've chosen my clip. Now, on screen, I would imagine that the grab handles are now just around that particular section of video that I'm looking for. So I'm going to view right. 2.4%. Timeline selection start time. 2.4%. I wish it would tell me the time rather than percentages, but okay. And if I hit right again, view right. 3.3%. Timeline selection end time. Okay, so I'm not entirely convinced about the timing, but I do know it's only selected a small proportion. So I know I've trimmed it or at least I've grabbed the right bit. So that's good news. So I've, I've trimmed between 2 and 3% of that area of the screen. So that shows you that obviously there is a much bigger video here, because this video, I think the interview itself is like 20 minutes long. So uh, let me VO right again. 3.3%. Timeline current time. Again, it'd be great if it told me this in actual time instead of percentage, but okay. Cancel. Cancel. Close. Close. Minimize. Minimize. Now, I am feeling I'm going to have to go view left, but I'll just keep going. Full screen. Andrea Voss from CNIBMC4. So that's me going back into the main screen again. I've come from the close Document buttons. Document actions. Scroll area. Scroll area. Trim. trim. There we go. So that's the trim button, okay? So once I hit that trim button, what will happen is all the video that surrounds those grab handles will disappear. And I'll just be left, in theory, with just that section where Andrea introduces herself. So let's hit view space. Play slash port, double tap. Andrea Voss, double tap productions. Okay, so I'm going to hit home and that will take me back to the beginning and I'm going to hit L to play. You could also just hit spacebar. My name is Andrea Voss and I'm a um, business development manager with CNIB Smart Life. And I didn't stop that. That stopped itself, which means that's the clip that I have cut, which is exactly what I want to do. Finally, I can make a video clip. So uh, let me show you how you can export it now. So we'll uh, VOM to get to the menu. Menu bar, Apple. And we'll go to the QuickTime menu. QuickTime player. No, we will go to file, actually. File. There we are. And we'll move down. File. And of course, the thing here is you will also hear all the different shortcuts as we go through this option as well. New movie recording command option, N. That's if you want November. to create a new movie, and you can even record directly into QuickTime as well. Don't know if you're aware of that, but if you have your camera hooked up, you can even use Continuity Cam. If you've got an iPhone 14 or 15, you'll be able to use your iPhone camera and just record straight into QuickTime. That's also quite cool. New audio recording command shift N. doesn't have to be November. just video. You could also record audio in this as well. Um Maybe come back to that at a different time because you want to make sure your settings are right on this. But we'll, we'll come back to that another time. New screen recording command control N. And that, of course, is great for anyone who wants to record their screen. You can also include your microphone in that as well. You can maybe talk through like, remember Michael Babcock's demo of screen recording using your iPhone? Well, this is the equivalent here on the Mac. Open file ellipsis command O. 
Uh, you can open awesome. files directly in uh, this way. Of course, I could just do it from the desktop, but that's up to you. Open location ellipsis command L. Uh, not Lima. sure if what I would do with that if I can open up from other places. I, I don't know. I've not used that one. Open image sequence ellipsis command shift O. Uh, that's quite oh. useful, I think, if you want to create an image sequence. You can grab a whole pile of photos. I think you can even add audio to that as well. There's a whole process there, but uh, that's again another another day. That's one thing at a time. Open recent. Close command, W, save ellipsis command, S, duplicate command shift, S, exporters. Export as, here we go. So uh, this is an ellipsis, which means I go right arrow. Exporters, 4K ellipsis. So I can export it as 4K. 1080p ellipsis. 1080p. 720p ellipsis. 720p. 480p ellipsis. 480, I don't think it would do that. Audio only ellipsis. And audio only. So this is handy as well. You could e You could edit a clip of audio using this tool as well. If you want to just grab a clip of audio and export it out as audio. We do this for the radio show a lot of the time. We don't need video on the audio show, right? So sometimes we have a video. We want to grab a clip of it. We can open it up and we can export that as audio. That's how you can yeah, use that as well. So I'm going to choose... 4K ellipsis. Ah, let's do 4K. So let's just do that and I'll hit space. Dimmed. Hmm, dimmed. Okay. And so that means it's not available. That means the video is not in 4K quality. 1080p okay. ellipsis. We'll choose 1080 then. In export, exporters, tags. At this point, I'm just going to save it as uh, Selection Andrea, Andrea. Voss clip. clip. And I'm going to hit, uh, just for, so I know it's on the desktop, I'm going to hit Command-Shift-D. That means for me, I know it's going definitely going to the desktop. And I'll hit Enter. Double tap, productions. And let me just check the desktop. Finder, F Finder. Lego CNIB window, list view. On the desktop, I'm going to check if it's there, and I called it Andrea Voss, I'll hit A. Andrea Voss clip, mod QuickTime movie, today at 1025, 777 kilobytes, QT movie. And there you go. That's it. Simple as that. Now, there are other features in there, and if you go through the QuickTime settings, you'll see things for splits and all that, and you can create multiple clips as well. Uh, there are other ways, for example, to create videos. You can have clips added to the end of a video so you could make multiple clips together into one movie. I'll come back to that another day, but I thought that was enough for now just to show you if you ever want to make just a small clip for social media and share it with your friends out of a video that you've got or maybe another video you have, that is how you do it without vision using QuickTime Player on the Mac. Wow. I've, I've got to say, wow, that was really good. Thank and you. And you know what? It's it's one of hear the surprise in my voice. That was really good. Look, this is a perfect example for me of of where Apple shines, right? QuickTime, it comes with the Mac anyway, but I, I always thought of it as just you know it's almost like Media Player on Windows. It's just one of those things. It's just there, but it's not until you dig down into it, you see how much thought has gone in to the accessibility of that. Yeah. Being able to to uh, edit video like that with the J, K, and L. I mean, that was so easy and so good. That was fantastic. And I found that by accident. And I was looking for exactly that function because we have a new segment on Access Tech Live and they often need video clips to, to showcase perhaps a story, maybe someone we've interviewed. It might be someone here on Double Tap we've interviewed and, and often we're doing our videos, our interviews now on video so that we can utilize that content across the shows. But not everyone has the time. And obviously, if you've done the interview, you'll know what the clip is. You'll know the best clip to go for. And I want to be able to jump in and do that. And what I was doing before was just basically grabbing the time of when the person would start speaking at the clip at a point I wanted and then the end point, 
sending that off in, by an email, the whole raw file to an editor who would then turn it around. And I'm thinking, there must be a quicker way to do this. There must be a way for me to be able to do that. Now, the reason I only do that, and I didn't mention anything else, is because obviously visuals are very challenging. Video editing is really challenging when you're blind because you, you cannot tell the the differences. It's not like audio editing where we can cut and cut and cut. Uh, I often, how many times have we done an interview and someone says to us, oh, I said a lot of ums in there. You can just take those out. And you can. With audio, you can. But if you did that on video, the video would be juddering all over the place. Yes, exactly. Because you'd be jumping you know, from one frame to the next. So you've got to be careful. Um, so I, I don't recommend that massively. But if you do want to get into that world, um, and you want to even, or, or you want to just create a montage of clips, then you could do that. You could just you know, edit a whole bunch of clips. There is that split function. I haven't delved into that yet. But my thinking is, that if the split function doesn't work very well, and I'm not entirely convinced it will, you could just create the clips. You could export the individual clips, trim them out, and then just add them all together as a sequence. Add them back in, yeah. Just almost absolutely. like number the files, one to six or whatever, and then just open up the first one in quick time and then just say add clip to end, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, and that's it. Suddenly you've got a whole new video, and that would be how you could do that. So we yeah, always cool. find those workarounds. Uh, that was really good and so useful. I was working on something. Uh, I wanted to post something up on X the other day, a video, and it's two minutes 20 is the maximum length of a video. Mm. And, of course, you record something, and I recorded something, and it was like two minutes 22 or 21. <laughs> it's just too much. It's like, what, have I got to re-record the whole thing? It's just that ability just to trim is uh, is important, but I was really struggling. I'll be honest, I still am. I have looked into ClipChamp, um, and it's okay, but it's nowhere near as easy and straightforward as that was. That was really impressive. Yeah, but, but well, what I was doing was pretty simple, though. I think you were trying to edit a video, and again, that's the, where the challenge comes in, right? I was doing something very simple. Which no, was I was just, just trying to trim. Clip. All I wanted to do was trim two right. seconds off the beginning or end of a video. And it's exactly the same thing as the concept is always the same, grabbing those handles and sliding them back from the end or you know, uh, forward from the beginning until you trim to the bit you want. And it's it's just how accessible that is. It's, um, I did find out one thing, NVDA mm. and ClipChamp don't work well together. Oh, they don't like each other. So if you want to have a play yourself, I am going to try and do something on that. And once I figure it out, it's a little bit inconsistent for me at the minute. But Narrator was the way to go for that. I saw NVIDIA, uh, NV Access, the, the organization behind NVDA. Uh, they were featured on a news program in Australia, uh, home country. And they were, uh, <laughs> both brothers were interviewed. And the newsreader uttered the classic line, the blind leading the blind. And oh. I thought, oh, there we go. What a beauty. I bet they loved that in the newsroom oh, when they came up with that one. Know, I bet, have you heard this one, guys? <laughs> Only every day for my entire life. Yeah. I mean, that's, I used to get that whenever we'd be going in school, we'd be going through class and it would be like the blind train would come through, you know, all the blind people attached to each other. Um, yes, I love that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the one. And um, <laughs> you know, they all come through, and you know, oh, there's the blind leading the blind. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. It was not funny <laughs> five hundred times ago, and it's even less funny now. The blind conga. You can't beat it. 
Absolutely. And please never let go. It's always when somebody gets an itchy nose and that's it. The whole thing is ruined. <laughs> we all derail. It all comes to a halt. Oh, dear. Right, let's get to some emails before we go. Anne-Marie got in touch. I haven't heard from Anne-Marie in ages. Hi, Stephen and Sean and all the double tappers. It's Anne-Marie from good old Worcestershire again. I was just catching up on Friday's episode talking about Lails, uh, Braille. Um, and the Lego Braille bricks just caught my attention. Um, so from September 2023 this year, um, even members of the public can now buy the Play With Braille set online direct from lego.com. Um, so it's no more is it available just for educational establishments and teachers. Families can buy it. Uh, it does come at a cost of seventy nine ninety nine British pounds, which is still cheaper than you know some other accessible tech that we may or may not need. And in that, you get two hundred and eighty seven bricks. Comes in a cardboard box. You get a base plate, and obviously some instructions for how to play. So you may or may not already know this little nugget of information, but I just thought I'd share it with everybody, just in case you didn't know. So, yeah, Lego, Lego Braille Bricks, uh, and the kit is called Play With Braille 79.99. All right, hope all is well. Hope everybody's okay. Take care, all. Speak to you soon. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, we did mention it on the show, but it's nice to, to reiterate this sometimes because it was just a fleeting mention that we gave it. So quite right to bring it up and uh yeah are you intrigued by this i kind of i feel i want to buy it just from the collector point of view i feel this is just gonna be a one run and done you know and that then it will not be the end of it yeah exactly mint in box you're for later resale value yeah exactly Um, i I was a little bit skeptical to be honest i couldn't see where the uh, educational factor came in other than introducing braille of a very young age so it didn't seem like an alien concept but when we talked about it, that some of the examples of play that was given actually mm. made total sense, and I could absolutely see, okay, this isn't just a you know a, this a braille there for just the sake of it. It actually, oh, I can see how people could integrate this into actual play. So um, yeah, sounds cool to me. Uh, thank you for that, Anne Marie. Uh, keep in touch, and uh, let's hear from Darren, who got in touch following my uh, Capsus Smart Vision Three review. Hello, this is Darren from Bexley, Kent. Regarding hey. the uh, Smart Vision 3 from Capsis, um, I've heard your podcast and I've heard another review on the Blind Life YouTube channel. It sounds quite an impressive phone. And I'm a Blind Shell user, Blind Shell Classic 2, and it will be interesting to see now what Blind Shell do as a result of this because I don't think now they can get away with just sitting there and not doing anything because it can happen that companies who believe that they are invincible find that they are not. This has happened in the tech world before and it could happen again. So I think Blind Shell have got to be extremely careful now What I would be interested to see is, does the Smart Vision 3 have support for wireless uh, phone calling? Because 
I'm noticing that more networks are touting this uh, facility to do uh, phone calls via wireless or Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi calling, I should say. Um, that will be interesting to know. Um, but it does sound an interesting device. The only concern about a smart vision is I hope they keep updating it like blind child do push out system updates fairly regularly. So I'm hoping that smart vision do the same. Otherwise it is going to become, it's going to become where the Android, uh, becomes, uh, more and more out of date as the, uh, as the time passes. Until next time, this is Darren saying bye for now, and thank you. Bye. Thank you, Darren. Always interesting to hear your take on it. And uh, I, I, I take your point about Blind Shell. I don't think they're sitting around doing nothing, though. I think that might be a little unfair to them, because I think they are trying to keep up with what essentially are you know a whole store full of apps that they might want to get onto their device. But they would have to work individually on them. And they are rolling out features and updates more regularly than, if I'm honest, I'm even quite surprised at how much they've rolled out in the past few months. So, yeah, Mm. but I take that point. I say the same applies to both, actually. I think the same point applies to both about Android getting old. That's the fear with this, that the technology in that device gets old too quickly. You know, so we're up at Android 14 at the moment. Capsis is running Android 11. Blindshell is running its own version of Android. Um, so, you know, very quickly you can see the wheels falling off. And this is why I believe that they really should start thinking about a higher pro tier. And that could even apply to the blind shell as well, to some degree, because then at least the hardware is capable of handling newer operating systems, meaning it will last longer. You know, you don't mind buying it. I mean, look, we're all getting Mm -hmm. used to the fact that, you know, our devices need to be changed fairly regularly. And I say that you're talking three to five years, you know, is, is yeah. probably average for most people. Three years for sure, if you're on contract, you might say, okay, three years, I'll get a new phone and that's fine. Um, but I think a lot of blind people think of this, the, the smartphone, especially smart, uh, specialist smartphones, as almost like the Braille display approach, which is I should have this for 25 years and it should work for all of those 25 years. And I don't think that's the case. You know, it's certainly not going to be the case when it comes to these devices. You well, are going to have to update them regularly. You could leave it running Android 11 for as long as you like, I suppose. But I suppose... But it's the apps. The apps won't function. It's a perfectly valid concern, though, about it getting out of date quickly. Um, But I would argue, I don't think... It doesn't necessarily have to be the hardware that's the limitation here. It's more that when they started building the the system around the Smart Vision 3, it's, it's all based on Android 11. And if they suddenly swap, you know what, actually, that's make it Android 14, for example, there's going to be a lot of work making sure everything that they've built so far still works on that. And maybe that's the concern. Um, That's not to say they shouldn't do it. Absolutely, they should. And I I totally understand the concerns of, is this thing going to be kept up to date? We don't, to be fair, though, we just don't know. I mean, it is every possibility that absolutely it will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the hardware inside the blind shell is a little bit different because... You know, I, I I don't know. It just I don't know how much power it needs to run the apps that it's create that they are creating for it. They're obviously testing yeah. apps against that hardware, so it's obviously working okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the day will come where you'll have to get the Blind Show Classic Three, right? It's, it's the way it goes. <laughs> That's the way it works. Maybe they'll send us one then. <laughs> 
Is that a tumbleweed flying by? Uh, okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for uh, getting in touch and sharing your views. Also, uh, of course, don't forget the Express is back. Yes, the train will leave the station tomorrow, 12 oh, noon Eastern. Part, part. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, yeah, check it out. And uh, don't forget, keep in touch. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1877-803-4567. We are off on Monday because it is uh, a day off in Canada, but we'll be back on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.